Hello and welcome to Tabletop Treasures, your podcast for everything tabletop. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. We're going to, have to make up stories. We're going to come up with fun things. We're going to talk about gadgets we love. I'm Karen, one of the hosts, and with me is my lovely other host, Ryan. So we're going to get into our first episode, and I hope you have a blast listening. So what is Tabletop Treasures? Ryan, you're going to spill the beans on what we'll be going through with the viewers today. Tabletop Treasures is what the juxtaposition of our two minds. We're going to come up with things ourselves. We're going to talk about things we like. And today, specifically, I think we're going to be creating a, a hero together, creating a character. Or an anti-hero. Or an anti Okay. I'm not I'm not tied to any ideas. So with that, we our what you can expect from these is we'll have a topic at the start of the show, a topic at the end of the show, with some tidbits in between. And yeah, we'll just we'll just see where everything takes us. I'm happy to get into it. Just ride the waves of imagination. Exactly. And we, we do have some other segments coming up in other episodes that uh, I think people will be happy to see, but we won't give them away uh, just yet. We'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. So creating a character, creating a hero, uh, do we want to go with a hero or an anti-hero? You've piqued my interest with anti-hero now. I feel like we're almost obliged. So with with an anti-hero, is this and, – and for the viewers – you can. We're coming up with the stuff. You are free to use it. We might even put up like templates for different TTRPG uh, formats. So we might come up with something fantasy. We might come come up with something for the space time. Um, adapt it to any, any way you want. Use the ideas. Tear them apart. Whatever. Um. So so back to antihero. Is this someone who fell across? Uh, their journey, like something bad, like they were the hero, something bad happened, and then they um, decided to wreak havoc. Or are we are we thinking that uh, they were they were born evil? They were born with a mission to destroy. That's interesting. See, what I think, what I like in a lot of antiheroes is someone who thinks that they're doing good. Oh, just so like everyone on our current planet. <laughs> yeah, well, I think some people know that they're rotten, but but uh, I don't think you people... can be rotten if you know you're rotten. Oh, are we getting into politics already? Well, this isn't politics. I think that's just like philosophy in general. I can very quickly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can make it politics, Kieran. You know, I can make it politics. But yes. this is fun fantasy romp time. Um. I like the idea of them having a motivation that almost seems reasonable, or maybe the motivation is reasonable, but the way they're going about it is unreasonable to the protagonist. Unreasonable to the protagonist. All right. So today our anti-hero is a sentient, I want to go with a sentient monster that- thinks it is doing the right thing by going through villages and like it it has a disposition for seeing people that are it can't see its own alignment but maybe it can see the alignment of others as in right it might go up to a village and be like hey that baker has bad thoughts about people so it kills it 
Now, in this, it thinks it is doing a good, um, it's it's doing a good deed. But to like any village in a fantasy setting, it they're going to be like, "Hey, this monster comes through and just kills bakers and other Amazing. knights I'm of the Round it. Table and stuff." So, like, <laughs> from from the view of the societies and towns, you've got a monster killing people. To the monster, you have this thing that's like, I'm trying to make these towns better by taking out the insidious people. And from the universe, you've got some sort of balance there. What What's right? What is wrong in that situation? Should the monster be killing stuff? Right, right. I th- I think we can work with that. I think um, if we want to push it one step further, how much do we want to talk about agency? Because you, you when you said monster, I immediately thought some sort of um, some sort of golem or some sort of artificial creature. So I I would think it should be something that can blend in reasonably well into a town. So like if you if you okay. go up and inspect it, you'd be like, that's not a person, an elf, or okay. a, a dwarf. Or okay, but like. If it was to wear a hood and walk through town and you were like just doing your daily your daily grind, you you'd not give it a second look. So so some sort of humanoid creature, but maybe it's like completely disfigured. Um maybe it has tree bark for skin. So, something okay. something like that. Actually I, I like that. Maybe it's got like an ent vibe to it, but like it it's like very grumpy. It has it doesn't understand why everyone hates it. Like it knows that it's good, but why does everyone keep it at arm's length? I th- I I think um I think Ent is a good way forward for that. Especially you get to have some sort of I mean visually you can give it a face that's almost human, but maybe maybe sort of mask esque. Um, this sort of like this performative element where it it thinks it's a human, it's acting like it's a human, but upon like you said, close inspection, the sort the facade doesn't really hold up. So you have this tree thing really that is vaguely humanoid when you first see it, um, and that speaks to both its visual appearance and its and its actions. It's it's a you know it's a facsimile of a human trying to decide what's good and bad. It's doing that in a very superficial way. Yeah. So I think I've come up with a name for our Ent oh. uh, creature, and they would be known as the Barkborn. Okay. Okay. And that gives it like a kind of born. It gives it like a mysterious. Uh, you, you could already see it being a legend or a rumor in a tavern kind of vibe. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. So it, it, it doesn't give quite enough away. Yeah, which like is good. I, a DM or a player could come up to the table with this, and everyone would have a thousand. They would, they'd know, like in their head, like already where it's sort of leading from, like a, a theme sort of way. But yeah. would you'd still have so much to play around with? I think that's what a name should do for any sort of thing like this. So we've got our anti-hero, the Barkborn. So with, with, I guess, this sort of 
we've kind of come up with a character and a race here. Um, and I like it. I love it so yeah, much. That's true. And a monster too. Yeah. Oh, oh and any. yeah, you could, a DM could use this, a player could use this. I'd love to see a player use this. If anyone uses this in any setting, please tell us. I want to hear all about it. Absolutely. Please drop us a line with everything, everything related to how you use this. So I guess going forward with this, what kind of abilities does it have? Like it it already can, it can speak, it can mimic humanoid behavior, I guess. Um, Does it need to do anything more? I would imagine do do we go with the trope? It's made of bark. It's weak to fire. It's resistant to cold and water and stuff like that. I I like the um I like that. I like the weakness to fire because I'm immediately going down Frankenstein's monster path. I see townsfolk eventually driving this thing out with torches, which is fantastic if it's afraid of fire. Um, in terms of abilities, something that something that comes to me is um. Does it have any capacity for uh, sort of transformation? I am thinking, especially with the way this is almost a, uh, what would you call it? Like an executioner. Uh, Either it has a permanent form where one of its arms is a weapon or maybe it's capable of transforming its arm. I'm thinking some sort of like tree it's giving me Resident Branch, like, Evil, axe. the latest Resident Evil vibes, where they all the zombies are made out of that black goo, and they're, they're like right. arms transform into like massive hammer-like things. Yes, yes, exactly. But it's that, a tree. I'm, I'm picturing a, a tree, and it's when it identifies its target, you have the formation of these branches that wrap into an axe, and suddenly you have a you have a guy with an axe for a hand in your village who's right. storming towards the baker. So we've got a barkborn executioner. There we go. That's it. We've got a class now as well, executioner. <laughs> what a uh, narrow-minded class! Like mm-hmm. it has no. It does it has, one thing. Yeah, it does one thing. It, it has no ability to use other weapons. Just an axe. You get an axe. Go nuts. Well, I, I, I like that. That kind of gives it like that sort of like last minute. Everything looks fine. Like, oh, there's that person. It's walking through town. Why are they wielding an axe, holding that axe as their arm? Oh, my God. John, the knight's page is dead. Yeah, almost almost a force of nature in that regard. So I think knowing that it it can't comprehend why people don't like it because it's doing a good service. Maybe it has, it has like such a strong will to take out evil. So like this is what I think is weird. It is an antihero. People hate it, but it it would actually be like a good aligned creature. Yeah. You could make an argument that it's a net benefit to society. In, but you know, by certain uh, measurements, yeah. Um, so, so it could be good. So I think or lawful at the very least, not to use the traditional D and D alignment chart too much, but certainly it's operating in a way it views as lawful. 
it would be lawful, but it is completely going against any of the laws inside the covenants that it is currently in. Which is a nice uh, clash. So I think it's got a lot going on for there. All right. Do we... I say now we've got like the bounds of what this character is. What would if you if you were to roll this character? What would the name you'd be? What what would you give it as a name? What kind of personality trait would you give it? How would you play it? Now there are a few good questions. Um, I almost want to give it. I don't know if this is too cliche, an almost childlike name Ooh, and yep. personality. Because uh, it it seems to have a very uh, simplistic view of the world that could be interpreted as almost yeah. Like, it's got it's probably new. It's got that innocent um, kid logic of like, oh well, that's the bad thing. I got to fix the bad thing. Not like it's yeah. got no nuance to like, yeah, it's bad, but we shouldn't kill Uncle Trevor. No, Uncle Trevor is bad, so we kill Uncle Trevor. Yeah. So that I, I do like the childlike aspect you've got there. So whether do we think it named itself, or does it does it does that not occur to it to name itself? I think when people, let's say people that are more happy to talk to such a creature, talk to it, um, it would yeah. it would it would know to be like, oh, you can just call me this. Okay, I like that. Whatever this is. <laughs> it's a good point. And that could be anything. I mean, that that could vary from uh, creature to creature, depending on where they've been. Yeah, so um, if I was playing this, I would go with like, maybe the first time it gets asked what its name, it's like, what's what's a name? Someone explains that. And then they'd they'd probably just look at something around them, so they'd be like, "Ah, oh, I'm <laughs> I'm post root." And the this old chestnut, yeah, one hundred percent. I th- I think my interpretation is I've already given it this horrific backstory. I think I'm drawing on Frankenstein again. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe it maybe it met maybe it met a sweet innocent human child. Um, who has named it something something so so simplistic? Like it, the child calls it like Tree Man or something. Somehow, of course, oh, I like this, that. This child dies. The, the child has to die for this story to work. Does it? Or um, does the child grow up and forget about um, what do you call oh, it? Oh, that's again? another one as well. The child grows up, forgets about Tree Man, and becomes evil. So but whether, whether it forgets longing. about it or it's just like, oh yeah, I used to have like an imaginary friend uh, in the forest. <laughs> But like the tree never grows up. Well, I think oh, this is an amazing B tier horror movie now. My imaginary <laughs> friend came out of the woods and is murdering people. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, I think I think we're good for that. Then we've come up with a character. We've got like a play style for it. So um, I think that's the end of our uh, character creator. There. So we've got um, a barkborn named Tree Man that is a good creature that does bad things, but is actually doing good things. So take that. And um, I, yeah, if anyone uses it, please tell us how you would use such a class or ideas uh, for making it better. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to see him uh, come to life. Yes, I definitely would. 
All right, now I think it's time for a little break. Sounds great. See you soon. Welcome back from the break, everyone. Hope we had a good first half. Uh, hope you got a lot of ideas coming up for that uh, Barkborn character we came up with. So what we've got coming up next is what we're calling storing your hoard. What does storing your hoard mean? It is where you yeah, store the treasure that you get during your tabletop adventures. So we're coming up with a place, a setting, uh, something notable to live in or a place that adventurers or space pilots or uh, sentient anomalies from across the universe may go to. So Ryan, take it away with what uh, you're going to come up with us for today. Picture this. Picture this. You're wandering through a forest you make it to the edge. You see the light through the trees. You step out into a clearing. Ahead of you, ahead of you is a tower surrounded by a fort, walls of a fort, all of which it immediately strikes you are made out of a series of conjoined colourful bricks. All right. You step... You step through. You step through the gates in this. Uh, let's call it a toy town. Um, the colourful bricks now encapsulate you in this tiny village. This tiny village uh, running rampant with toys come to life with their own little uh, toy economy and uh, toy taverns with toy job boards. So I li- I like this a lot. So. Is this um, someone has created or this is just maybe it's its own race of people that are toys? What's What are we thinking? I think the beauty of it is that at least immediately we don't know. Is this some mad wizard's project or did, did this somehow spring into existence on its own? I think at least to the players, who knows? And maybe we can have some inklings. What, what do you think... It would be your if you had a secret, if you had a grand reveal for this place. Where would you take that? Where would I take that? Immediately, um, there's an enchanter or uh, a magical item creator of some sort um, travels through towns. So he has his little cart, goes through towns, goes to orphanages and takes people's unwanted children and turns them into the toys. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's it's another morally morally gray. We uh, we only do morally segment. gray here. <laughs> Everything has to be gray. I like it. I like that. Um because again, is that a better life for the children? Are our uh, intrepid adventurers going to stop this? Are they going to kill the enchanter? Can they restore the toys back into children? Is it possible? What if the children? Um, what if? What if the party make the decision that they should restore the children, but the children don't want to be restored? I want to be little, a toy uh, forever. Waddling Dad. robots. Well, well, I think the important thing about this town is you walk into this town, and it's functional. Everything is happening. They have a little society happening. These toys are living life as if they're real people, and they love it. So I think that's. That's really interesting, and like, I could see so many players I've played with spending the whole session 
talking about the moral quandary of whether they should or shouldn't mm-hmm. do something. <laughs> I, I think this definitely opens that door, which is great, especially if you haven't planned much because you just let them figure that out for four hours. So what what, what are we calling this this tower and this fort? Do, do we That's make it toy-themed? I imagine um, you would. So I don't want to step on any trademark toes, but all of my ideas are immediately that. I want to I want to call it Duplopolis. Um I would go something like the Tinker's Obelisk. Okay, okay, I like that as well. Like it gives that if you were to hear about it in a story, you'd be like the Tinker's Obelisk, like that's someone that tinkers with stuff. And there's a tower or an obelisk involved. Like it gives it yep. gives like those sort of hints. Is uh the one that oh, you yeah. said is that is that some copyright material? What is that from? Uh uh, uh, uh Duplo. Oh Duplo. That's, Duplo. That's actually really and Opolis meaning town. Dupop. So Dupopolis. Du, du, it's impossible to say, which I think kind of makes it cute. <laughs> du, Duplop. Duplopolis. Duplopolis. It sounds like something a child would come up with. Oh, it really does. What if we put the Tinkerer's Obelisk in Duplopolis? Well, that could be like his main tower, right? Like he's the Tinkerer. Mm-hmm. Um, Duplopolis is the town. I like it. I like all of it. So. And the the toys have named the town themselves, and the Tinkerer has just been like, okay, I guess. That's fine. Let's say the the players don't transform. They're like, you know what? This is fine. They were orphans anyway. What do we care? They, they go to the town. Is everything of a size where they could stay in the tavern there? I think, I think to a comical extent, like it's barely big enough that if they got rooms in the tavern, they would just sort of squeeze into them if they really tried. Okay. Um, all right. So in that in that case, we've got a comical tavern. What what would we name this tavern? Who who runs this tavern? Do they keep the personalities of when they were orphans, or do they, uh, through this process of becoming a animatronic toy, uh, change their personality or gain some sort of new traits? It does feel like it's almost a game of pretend gone too far. Okay, I like that. So if you're if you're if you're pretending to be a barkeep, I, I assume he would be a perfectly competent barkeep, even if he as a child doesn't really know what any of those things mean. So maybe some weird slip ups here and there, but otherwise functioning. So there's no. I, I'm gonna like go out on a limb here and say there is no. Mm-hmm the food that they serve is all things like kids want to eat all the time. Like it's just like yeah, the, yeah. The, the main, <laughs> the main course is jelly donuts. 100%. Attendees everywhere. Yeah. And like every, every drink is, I guess you wouldn't have carbonated beverages in this type of world, but like, it's like some magical fuzzy juice or so like, it's all the funnest things you can think of that you're like, if I eat, if I stay here for two nights, I'm going to feel sick. 
I say we do it. I say we put carbonation in and don't explain how at all. It could be magical carbonation, right? Uh, yeah, no reason yeah, it couldn't be. It's just part of the charm of the part of the charm of the a wizard did it. A wizard did it. Easy. You buy carbonated bottles from the wizard and decarbonate your uh, weird juices that you grow in your uh, toy town. Yeah, your red cordial, your carbonated red cordial, which I imagine gives a haste buff or something. Yes, I like it. So, all right, so we've got we've got this tavern. Um, do they keep their names from when they were children or do they get new names? I kind of like that they would keep their names. It just makes it a bit sadder. Yeah, I like that too. I think I uh, agree with that. All right, so we've got uh, Henry, no last name. His parents didn't tell him. He was just dropped off. Um, the bastard Henry. So Henry runs... <laughs> Um, the fine establishment of jam. Like that. that Beautiful. No, that, a kid wouldn't say fine establishment. So it'd be like, I would just say jam. They'd just be like, oh, this is the cool house of jam. Yeah, 100%. This is jam. What does that mean? I don't know. I, I, I also, I feel like being pushed on any, any point whatsoever would just uh, result in a series of, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Why? 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 Yeah, why? Good old kids. Yep. I we need to turn you back into kids. Why? I am a kid. I'm fine. All right. So I like that. I like, yeah, everything in the town is just named something ludicrous. When you go into the town, like how, how toy-like are these things? Are they... Like you, you could not mistake these for uh, humanoid type of things anymore. They're not like no. toy versions of humanoids. That they're literally like, oh my god, that is uh, insert a Hasbro toy here. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I'm thinking. Um, I picture the bartender as a teddy bear, for example, and a lot of the townsfolk are those little. I'm not sure what era they're from. I want to say 50s or 60s. The little blue robots that oh, with yeah. the two feet that waddle. Oh yeah, like there's just a bunch of them wandering around, beeping, um, really, really intensely toyish. And it's it takes further investigation to be like, oh, oh no, these these things have souls and personalities, and might not have always been like this. I like that. I I think you could really explore some really kooky relationships in this town. Um, maybe maybe even buy a ha- like maybe you're a gnome and want to live here. <laughs> That's a good way of retiring the party gnome if they want to. Yeah, change the party home. gnome retires at uh, Duplopolis. Duplopolis. I got it. Um, <laughs> no, so, I love so that. On, it is on, the, so. on the feet or something of all these toys, does it say "Made in Tinker's Obelisk"? Oh, 100% if you turn one upside down, it has some sort of stamp. Ah, uh, I like it. It's got their maker's mark. Yep. So, yeah, I, th- I think that that's a great little town. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to store my treasure there. Um, that being said, it's probably pretty safe. What do they need it for? They've got everything they need. Uh, they, they would love it. Their it's- toys, they, they don't uh, become unhealthy so they can eat all the jam donuts and jelly donuts that they want from... Uh, jam the the local tavern, the local tavern. It sounds like a band, like they they just wear jam. 
That's the thing. They tell you something is at or near jam and you have no idea what that is. Is that a is that a person? Is that a band? I love it. So that means there's town guards that are just like, oh, yeah, it's at jam across from Honeybee. And you're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this place? I love it. Any, anything to confuse the players. But also treat them to a little bit of charm and childlike wonder. We need more childlike wonder. I think, I think, of course, as a dark twist. Yeah, I think not enough adventures have uh, childlike wonder, actually. I agree with you. I agree with you there. So, this could be something that our viewers could chuck in at any point. It sounds to me like it fits in like so many, it doesn't need like an overarching story. You can just chuck this in somewhere. It's a strange town. Um, Yep. And like this is definitely um oh no I don't have anything prepared uh let's go to Duplopolis I saw that one page somewhere yeah I like that and like because it's like made by this one this one tinkerer like it's not something that needs to have evolved over hundreds of years like it's just like some guy who went around and grabbed some orphans one day made a town yeah they made the world a better place so that that sounds really good to me well. I think I think we've got a good thing there. I don't think we need to explore that any further. If anyone does explore that any further, or if you do use this and make an adventure out of it and you have players or you are a player that uh, um, maybe maybe you come from Duplopolis, like maybe you... Oh, it's a good background. Yeah, you, you use this as your background, like... I would love to hear where that where that goes. You're, you're a toy that escapes. You decide to become um, if, the a druid or something. If 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 anybody uses any of these ideas in any capacity, please just call me directly. My phone number will be in the show notes. It will not, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, contact us and tell us everything that you get up to with these these ideas. If you if you do, or if you just like listening to them, we're happy to bring more. So I think we'll call that there for our storing the horde. Well, it might mean we're calling the end of our first episode. And what a first episode it was. I Yeah, you can expect more of this type of stuff. We've got a lot planned. So, yeah, thanks for listening to our first episode. Yeah, thank you very much for listening if, if you did. And if you're hearing this, then you did. So thank you. So where, where can people find us? Uh, people can find us... Um, Everywhere you can find podcasts. Um, we're also on Twitter on uh, TTRPG Treasures. Um, and that's about it for now. We might expand in the future, but uh, drop us a line there if you have any questions or any fun comments. And I think that should about do it. Yep. Sounds good to me. See you next time. Go get that treasure. <laughs>